0: the world's full of wonders but it belongs to humans now we have all but disappeared demons vampires and witches hiding in plain sight and we're alive
1: Welcome back, pop culture theologians and vamp kikiers. We are so glad you are joining us for episode four. We want to give a quick shout out to the Engage Gaze who hosts us. We um, want to make sure that you're following us on all the social medias, not Pinterest though, but you can find us on Facebook and twitter at pop theologian some of you have been really hysterical on twitter lately major props to you major props to my friend jennifer whalen who's listening but not tweeting at us not saying i'm holding it against her but i am and you can follow me at j erickson 85 and listeners before we begin and go to marcy i just have to tell you that we're dealing with three-fourths of a marcy because she currently has the plague so if she sounds a little funny it's not because she's you know deepening her voice. it's because she's sick. <laughs> thanks, right, Marcy
0: thanks. <laughs> thanks. thanks. Hi, everyone. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at I am the Men who can. I'm starting to think I might actually swap up my Twitter name, but for now, we're still at I am the Men who can.
1: That's a big decision for you, Marcy.
0: I know, I know. I've just I found a couple that I really like and I, and they're not taken, so <laughs> we'll see.
1: Not yet. But, um, so listeners, Marcy usually leads us down the road because you should always have a woman in charge, just saying, but because she is suffering from the plague, I'm going to be taking on the role of speaking a lot, which if any of you actually know me, I'm okay with doing. So we're going to get to the weird news of the week. And I have to say, I did throw a little shade in here on Florida. So sorry, (laughs) not sorry, but we start out with our first weird news story. Um, Marcia, are you ready for this one? I'm so ready. Okay, so our first weird news story is a dead man's parrot is potentially going to become a key witness in a murder trial. Dun, dun, dun. So um, (laughs) a Michigan woman is accused of killing her husband, and the prosecutor is turning to the dead man's parrot to help put her behind bars. I'm thinking of, like, what the Chicago song would be for that. (laughs) But I'm not there yet. So, um, so... Well, the victim's ex-wife, however, is convinced his beloved African gay—not well, maybe—he's gay, gay parrot, gray parrot,
0: <laughs> bud,
1: with a name like buddies,
0: bud. He's bud.
1: bud saw the whole tragic event because two weeks after the incident, Bud started going into rants. She couldn't explain such a screaming and yelling, and always ending it with "Don't shoot," um, which she believes to be her ex-husband's last words, and. As a pet owner myself, I know Marcy's a pet owner. They see some stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I kind of believe it.
0: I totally believe that that parrot has seen some shit.
1: (laughs) With a guy named Bud?
0: With a guy named Bud. I'll tell you what. Like, so, Brett and I have always joked around about the importance of dogs in, like, legal cases. We're always, like, if we ever got a divorce, we would put our dogs in the middle of the courtroom and have them run to the person that is, like... The one they want to stay with, right? So, like, I totally support this woman bringing her parrot in, like, 100%.
1: Marcy, who would your dogs go to?
0: They would fucking go to my husband, and it pisses me off. <laughs> my dogs always love him more, no matter what I do. And it just, it just kills me.
1: <laughs> I know. And if you follow Marcy on the social medias, you'll notice that she does post a photo every time her animals love brent a little bit more
0: yeah if you want to follow my dogs they're insta famous uh, They're
1: insta famous
0: they really are there it's our account is two little dire wolves
1: i love that so <laughs> um speaking of insanity we next move to florida of course um, we do and of course we do so our next weird news story of the week are jacksonville sheriffs are investigating an incident in which a man claims he was hit in the in the face with a box of kfc chicken <laughs> So this one took me a, a long time to write down without cracking up. But Ronald Jenkins was really upset with an employee at his local KFC because she did not appear to have gloves on while she was preparing the food. So, like, I mean, like, totally get that. Like, that's disgusting. But like all Americans these days in the age of social media, the first thing they do isn't like, hey, like, I see you're, like, preparing the chicken that I'm about to eat with, like, no food and you just came from the bathroom. He whips out his phone and starts employ- uh, like, videoing the employee. So um, that sometimes pisses people off when they're caught on camera, when they don't want to be. And shortly after, he started filming the employee, and he began to have some choice words. And in the video, the employee is seen throwing food out the drive-thru window into his car, hitting him in the face. Um, that has to be some really hard chicken.
0: I recipe. just want to say this would never happen at Zaxby's Chicken. I
1: don't even know what that is.
0: Oh, my gosh. For anyone listening who's in the South, y'all know what I mean. But, like, you don't go to KFC in Jacksonville. You go to Zaxby's. Anyone who goes to KFC in Jacksonville deserves this.
1: What about Church's Chicken?
0: I'm okay with churches, but I'm just, like, I'm a big Zaxby's girl.
1: What about Publix Fried Chicken?
0: Whoa, now you're flirting with the South. (laughs)
1: <laughs> However, you know how so I feel
0: about Publix
1: I know I do um, But when the police arrived They arrested the employee for battery Without injury using a special weapon <laughs> a and Special weapon. weapon being KFC Chicken So that brought me some joy I'm sorry, um, Ronald Jenkins You got hit in the face But like, really? Really? So, anywho And lastly, our last weird news story of the week Is also from Jacksonville I'm sensing a theme um, So, This one's quite hysterical. So Jacksonville police are searching for burglars who ate snacks, made cocktails, and ransacked local homes. So people are breaking into homes around Jacksonville and apparently leaving people's sinks covered in dishes while taking nothing but eating all of their food.
0: I would just like to say I'm positive there is a weed dispensary within a five-mile radius of this happening. (laughs) I love it this sounds like a pot crime. And honestly, I can't blame them.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, at the end of the day, like sometimes you just need to like sit down and who knows where you're going to do that. But like
0: people would be disappointed if they ran into my house to find snacks. All I've got is like a bunch of sugar free shit. <laughs> like none yeah. of it's good.
1: <laughs> I actually would be f- I am one of those people that would be like, you didn't take anything and you left dirty dishes. Like what the hell? Like, that's just rude. That's just plain old rude. (laughs) However, it is Florida. So there you go. And this is, I mean, listeners who may be new to the podcast, you know, Marcy lives in Florida, so we rip on it. When crazy stuff happens in California, we rip on it, too. Just be aware that we're equal rip opportunists.
0: That is so true. But 99% of the time, it's Florida. It's in Florida. So,
1: (laughs) all right, Marcy, we have a lot to discuss on this episode. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's do this.
1: Let's do it. All right, because I know how to flirt with Marcy, I'm going to start by saying it's time to go to France, and yes. that's how the episode begins. So like the last episode, after Diana did The Witch Wins, um, Matthew thought the only place he could take her where she would remain safe would be his home in France. So like this is the Versailles to like his Downton, which oh, no. by the way is this sequel to this whole series. Um <laughs> But uh, the villagers know about Matthew and his family, and there are vampire communities that are really similar to witch communities, kind of what we've been seeing in the world building. Um, However, then um, what we come to, we come to meet Matthew's mother, and she is really not too thrilled to meet Diana. She won't even talk to her. And she thought, you know, she has some choice words for Diana. However, while she may have some choice words for Diana, I just have to say, like, I totally am in love with this actress.
0: Yeah, no, she's wonderful. Uh, And honestly, like, I think it's refreshing to find out that vampires and witches also have mother-in-law problems. (laughs) So yeah, she's definitely throwing some shade uh, in this initial meet and greet with Diana.
1: Yeah, so Yazabu de Clermont um, is played by Lindsay Duncan, who is an incredible actress, and I'm just absolutely obsessed with her. I found her when I watched the HBO show Rome, where she's in that, and she has just been in a lot of my favorite shows since then. She's an incredible actress. And like all mother-in-laws, you know, she is always skeptical of the woman her son brings home. So, um, you know, this this house in itself is, you know very elegant as we were talking about it's very it's old school it's the Versailles you know it's it's
0: a castle it's a castle it's like a city on a hill
1: it's a city on a hill it literally is a city on a hill and the house is full of ancient folks including um, Matthew's nanny Marta who (laughs) I mean like I guess why not have your nanny you already have white butler
0: right I was I was laughing because like when they introduced her, like Matthew's like, she's centuries. she's been with us for centuries. <laughs> I'm like, he still needs a nanny.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's some job security, though.
0: I know. Between nanny and white butler.
1: I mean, literally. Like, you're so good. We're going to make you immortal and you can serve us forever.
0: Were you? I thought um, I thought it was interesting when like, Matthew introduces Diana to his mom and uh, she gives that stank face, right? <laughs> Matthew's like, I thought you were a radical. And then she's like, change is overrated and I was like oh okay like I I feel like that sets a little bit of an understanding that there are certain forms of resistance in the community of like creatures that we don't know about yet but that like clearly is something they all understand not Diana though she looks like she's completely lost
1: Yeah, I mean, Diana is coming into a lot of new stuff at this time. And so like, you know, doing the witch wind, like she's now at her vampire boyfriend's house and, you know, or castle and meeting his mother and, you know, his nanny and a whole bunch of other people. And so she really, you know, doesn't, I think she's completely overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Yeah, and so um, basically, because it's been a long journey to France, um, like any trip to Paris is, and maybe listeners one day I'll tell you about my time in Paris, but that's not today. Marciardi knows that story. Um, She so Matthew puts Diana to rest, and you know her room is like legitimately like this is like uh harry potter stuff it's in an actual tower it's matthew's tower because hey why not when you're a thousand years old why not you get a tower you know and uh i want a tower if i'm like a bajillion years old don't you marcy
0: for sure i was like oh she's a ravenclaw i love it um and yeah and first i
1: first harry potter reference folks. there
0: you go but i will say i started counting how many times matthew tells her she needs to rest and take a nap in this episode and uh, it's high up there dude like he's very concerned for her sleep patterns it's
1: like girl you need to sleep
0: i know i know i wish you know what though that's romantic i wish brent would always tell me to take naps <laughs> it would be so nice.
1: why don't you just go take a nap and sometimes they're telling you to take a nap because you're being a total you know what
0: naps are my love language i don't care i don't care why you told me to take a nap i will always obey you
1: <laughs> oh okay well we'll tell that to domenico right
0: I know. More, <laughs> more on
1: that later um <laughs> so they're up in her in his tower and diana clearly can read the room and you know she's like your mother doesn't want me here and you know it's been a while uh you, clearly since he's probably brought someone home. But Matthew tells her that she hasn't really been the same since her his stepfather died in World War II. So this is kind of like, there really aren't any major details given here that he was killed though. So clearly we're seeing that death is possible within this type of universe for these supernatural creatures, something to remember and how they die. But does that mean like, was he like serving, you know, the allies in world war two? Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's a story there. I can't remember from the books either.
0: Yeah. I don't think Matthew gives a lot of details there. I will say that like for a moment I was like, ding, ding. I was like, I'm going to catalog this. Like, Clearly, there's more to this death, and this death has something to do with Diana, not in the sense that I think she is involved with it, but that it would affect her how he died.
1: Yeah, totally. And so like Matthew um, in, runs and instead of talking to her about what happened to his father. So like he just, you know, kind of goes away. And we're really left to think because, you know, it is only episode four, you know, we, th- there are eight episodes in the whole first season. So is this a red, hearing, red herring? Is this not? More on that later. Um, You'll kind of have to wait and find
0: out. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, but- I agree. I think that I think we're missing something here and it's important.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're right.
0: You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: have to go rewatch it now because now I really can't remember. But we go back to our original vampire Kikiers, Marcus, um, and he is in Matthew's apartment looking for Matthew and Diana because by the way, like send a text Matthew when you like go to France, um, but he didn't tell anyone that he left with Diana because clearly he had to get her the hell out of dodge really quickly. Um, but he does run into someone, and that's Juliet, the creepy like girl that's kissing her daddy in venice um and we clearly have a great case of crazy ex-girlfriends here which is also one of my favorite shows on the cw don't get me wrong i was
0: about to plug crazy ex-girlfriend anyone listening if you have not watched the show they're in their final season but you can find all of the episodes on um of every current season on netflix that show is fucking Brilliant. hilarious like rachel in-
1: bloom and the creators are geniuses
0: it's just amazing. It's such a good show. And then like what's interesting is like for me, obviously, like I I with Juliet, I'm like, yeah, crazy ex girlfriend vibe to the max. And like we do know from that last episode that she was pretty much groomed to be Matthew's girlfriend, and clearly something went wrong. Um, mm-hmm. but there's like a great line in the scene where um, oh my god, what is her name? The girl from the Vamp Kiki. Looks at Juliet and she's like, "Eternity is a long time to be chasing a man who doesn't want you, Juliet." And I was like, "Ooh, burn, ouch, ouch, that burns more than sunlight." And the girl gives Miriam. her Miriam, Miriam, yeah, gives her the craziest like, like vamp eyes, like, "Fuck you, I'm gonna find him." And um, and I think like what I'm struggling with the Juliet story is, is I don't particularly understand the motivation right now. So I'm a little confused if it's that her dad groomed her to be this like thing for Matthew that would then keep Matthew in line. And instead she actually did fall in love with him. And then she kind of became a crazy in love girlfriend through the centuries. Um But like, I feel like we're missing a lot of backstory on Juliet, like a lot of backstory. Um So I'm, I'm not a little mind- bit
1: more sympathetic in the television show than she is in the book. So, um, i'm I think just
0: hoping we get more info because right yeah. now it's it's we're missing some some backstory of like where they where they went wrong like why she's still obsessed why her dad keeps her on a lock and key so um so i just I mean, need a little bit more i would be obsessed with matthew if i was a vampire and had nothing else to do i
1: mean let's be real
0: i know and then we're we go back to france right and um matthew and and diana Matthew and his mother are arguing about Diana again. And Matthew says something to the extent of like, Diana did not kill Philippe, right? And I'm guessing Philippe is her ex-husband, right? Or her dead husband. Um, and she kind of like very shadily looks at him and is like, Yes, but her kind killed him. So there's a little bit more of a key of like, oh, okay, so witches definitely killed Matthew's stepdad. And like they're there is a history there of like, witches versus vampires that like, we don't know the history of Diana does not know the history of. Right. So obviously we'll come into some of that information later on. Um, And then we pan back to our princess and her tower and she's dreaming. She's having, I I think she has night terrors um, because of the way that she kind of like processes a lot of it. So she's um, dreaming of her mom and her mom keeps saying, Diana, and she's like, Mom, Diana, Mom. And um, and then she reaches out for her mom, and it's spider webs. And remind me, John, in the first episode, her dream with her mom had spiders as well, right?
1: It's like the second. Yeah, it's the first episode. Um, yeah. And I, I will say that there is a spoiler coming in the later episodes, and you'll find out exactly what that what that means.
0: Okay, cuz I'm I'm I just want to make sure that like
1: it's a not make sure.
0: Payoff. I like I like being right and I think that the the this is a thread, no pun intended, that we have to follow. So, um, she wakes up. It's a Diana, beautiful payoff. Oh, good. So like Diana wakes up and her phone is ringing and it's like a Verizon ringtone. I was like really kind of taken aback by it cuz I was like, "Wait, wait, wait." wait. Oh, oh, I guess, right? Like, it was just like such a mundane detail that uh, it kind of caught me off guard. And it's her aunts and her aunts are calling her and her aunts are like, dude, what is going on? Where are you? Uh, we can't sense kind of like what's happened. And she's like, well, I left Oxford. Knox threatened my life, but I'm with Matthew now. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, no. (laughs) And then they kind of put two and two together and figure out where she is, that she's on this city on a hill, which is vampire territory. And they're like, shit, your mother-in-law is a straight up witch killer. Like she's a witch killer. She's destroyed a ton of covens. Uh, They mentioned South American covens, which becomes important and a little bit later. And they're like, you need to get out. And she's like, yeah. Diana's like, no, I'm going to make up my own mind. I'm going to figure this out myself. And I'm like, girl, I, maybe, maybe it's time to go.
1: Well, she is the youngest tenured professor at Yale University, Marcy.
0: That's true. We should probably trust her, her judgment.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think if we've learned anything that agency and Diana, like, she's pretty sure of herself. So, like, who knows, right? She
0: doesn't listen right? to anyone.
1: She doesn't listen to anyone. And you know what? Girl, respect. Hashtag respect. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But... um, and I also think, like you know, in meeting Matthew's mom, like she's a very powerful person. Obviously, like she's over like fifteen hundred years old, and she's the matriarch of this family. But like she's very powerful, and I think she also probably knows a little bit more about Diana than Diana knows about herself. And she meets that with exactly what it needs to be met with, and that's power and I think respect. And she's not scared of her. Um, and I think that will go far in later episodes. Um, so we go back to the congregation and satu. Our favorite Scandinavian witch um, is brought there, uh, and they have some weird, like interlocking key system that accesses like the, their dwellings. Um, and Marcy, I think I'm about to make a Harry Potter reference. What? What? But it's really similar to like the Hollows and how it all kind of works together. Am I right, Marcy?
0: I thought so. I thought the interlocking keys um, and guys like this is when we bring up Harry Potter. It's not because I think like Harkness like gathered stuff from Harry Potter. It's just that my whole life is lived through a Harry Potter lens. But yeah, I thought the symbolism of the three keys coming together and kind of interlocking is similar to the different iconography that brings the hallows together, right? So the cape, the wand, and the stone. Um, and I always admire. I love that stuff. Like I have. So my bookshelf looks like a witch's like bookshelf but I have a a bookshelf which is like has a book on ancient symbols and so many of them are interlocking symbols so I always love that shit. I'm like totally here for it. It's just beautiful imagery.
1: It really is and you know basically Matthew appears to be studying some old pictures and you know he says some he says Murday or something like that.
0: Matt, but... Matt. <laughs> which means shit. <laughs> wow. So Yeah. I mean, you were so close, John.
1: <laughs> I was close. I mean, as I said, when I took my language exam for my dissertation class, I calls them like I sees them. So like in <laughs> Wisconsin, when you had to learn, Marcy, I sound like you now with my voice going really low. Am um, I
0: totally taking you out of this?
1: <laughs> ooh, ooh. But like, as I'm saying, you spell it on the words on the paper, And that's how we're going to say it. So literally, like you spell it, I say it. So if there's an accent or I have to add a flair to it, it's just not happening. I got A's in Spanish, by the way. However, I was horrible at speaking.
0: it. I cannot wait to put you in front of my mom and see how far that A goes. (laughs) (laughs) Any day.
1: Bring it on. Bring it on. So, Cox bring, Cox bring, Knox brings to the <laughs> what? congregation. What
0: is happening? <laughs> what is
1: happening? However, Knox brings to the congregation that the rules have been broken by Matthew. And um, we find out that Matthew's brother is actually the head of the congregation. And he, Knox, lets everyone know that Matthew has abducted a witch. So it's kind of like, what does this mean? Is this kind of like, are they invoking a ritual? You know, they all kind of have to stay away from each other. They're apparently. As you saw from some of the things we already know, there's some bad blood between the different sex. So, you know, when it comes down to it, they're supposed to kind of, you know, go their own way. uh, Well, and
0: for me, it was Um, like abducted is like a really big word to use. Like, she's a grown-ass woman who went willingly with a dude, right? So, like, that's not an abduction, which to me signals, one, fuck the patriarchy, but more importantly, that there's some rules here that we don't know about. So... So, like, the the words abduction, like, the fact that, like, they seem very concerned about the vampire witch thing, like, obviously, we're missing me, the the watcher, not the reader. I know you've got all this information. Like, I'm missing some info as to why they'd be so pissed about um, a witch and a vamp hanging out.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows? More to come. Um, So... Basically, we go back to Diana Matthew, and Diana is taking a tour of, like, Vamp Kiki Central on a hill, (laughs) Vamp Kiki Castle, um, and she is in a killer sweater. I just have to say, like, whoever's doing the wardrobe for the show, like, get your Emmy ready.
0: I feel like everything they wear is cozy, and yet, like, makes me feel like I could maybe hang out with, like, Kate Middleton. Yeah,
1: I just want to drink some tea while I watch the show.
0: (laughs) I want to drink some spiced wine
1: some spiced wine and then matthew will tell you it's from the gardens of elizabethan times or whatever it is (laughs) you
0: you you almost just pulled a rachel green from friends like this is from the days of yore
1: This is from the days of yore. Um, So Diana brings up how some witches worked um, with the Nazis, because remember, she's the youngest tenured professor at Yale University, so she knows everything. And she knows a little bit about her life, um, and witches worked with the Nazis. So um, we're kind of getting closer to a little point in Matthew's life where he's talking about his father, Philippe, and does this have to do anything with her stepfather's death? But he really punts the question not really answer
0: it. I need a lot more information here. So, like, me using just historical context, I'm like, I, I know that a lot, um, and for anyone listening, if we haven't touched on this before, I'm South American. Uh, I'm also, like, a quarter Jewish because of the Jewish migration to South America, during World War II, what's interesting to me is I I know that there were a ton of Nazis that ended up in like Argentina and Chile, Paraguay. So like in my head, if I'm following some type of like historical context, there were witches that were Nazis in Germany who left in this like escape path down to South America, who ended up there. And then somehow that is connected to the death of Philippe matthew stepfather and uh, so there is historical precedence to kind of follow this migration path but i th- i just thought it was kind of fascinating i was like did not see a witch's nazi connection coming through and so i'm a little like i'm excited to see where this goes i'm also like one eyebrow extremely raised up because i'm like i I hope this plays, this kind of fleshes out and we get more information.
1: Yeah. And I think because we can just make another Harry Potter reference of like how witches and muggles all worked in or with, you know, during World War II and kind of what happened in that timeline. Because what happened in the muggle world obviously was happening in the witch world. <laughs> Next reference that's like our fourth Harry Potter reference <laughs> for the day. <laughs> however so we go back to the original vamp kiki or marcus and miriam and baldwin asks marcus what like what is matthew doing and um they're starting all to realize that he has diana and he, you know they ask does he have the witch um and we're trying to understand here i think more clearly like how do vampire families work um and while so this
0: is the first time i realized that like and I know this sounds stupid. I, sh- I knew this like in my head, but, but like Juliet's father is not her father. He's the man who sired her, right? And like, there's some point in this episode where someone says to, I think it's um, Baldwin says to Marcus, you know, I know he's your father, right? But he's my brother. And I was like, oh, we're definitely talking about siring, which makes it a lot less creepy. Yeah. A lot less creepy. And I don't know why, for some reason, my brain wasn't connecting that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of weird because I, I wonder if it's kind of like how they all have that relationship with each other. I don't know. But there's def a vamp Kiki going on. And you can definitely see Marcus and Miriam are really loyal to Matthew. Um, I mean, they almost took down or on Juliet when she was like just rummaging around his apartment. Right. So, um, you know, we go back to France and Marta is talking to uh, Matthew's mother. Marta's and- the nanny? Marta the nanny, she's Marta the demon, vampire right? nanny. Or
0: I she a vampire?
1: I have to double check. I don't want to get it wrong, listeners, but I will find out. Um, but Marta is talking to Matthew's mother and we're starting to understand, and this has been a theme we're on episode four now, Diana's really powerful. And a lot of people know it. She does, she's coming into it. We saw it in the last episode with Witchwind, Wind and kind of in the episode before that when she did the elemental spell. Um, but Marta says that she is not, smelled that much power in centuries and um, knowing and sitting there and letting us know that Diana is super powerful and we're led to you know and Matthew's mother um, thinks that Diana actually bewitched Matthew And which
0: I think is just powerful. shade right I don't think she actually thinks he's under a spell but I thought it was such a funny she's bewitched him and I was like that's a really good pun lady
1: um, Marta is a vampire by the way
0: vampire okay
1: yeah, vamp, so it's a huge Vamp Kiki.
0: That makes sense, I guess, because they did say that that was, like, consecrated vampire land.
1: Yeah, and so, um, you know, also, I, I all I kept seeing was this scene was, like, episodes from, like, Monster-in-Law starring Jennifer Lopez and Jane Fonda.
0: Do not make me watch that movie. I know it just landed on Netflix.
1: It's incredible. Um, so then, um, of course, we just have a sexy horse riding scene, because why not? Right, Marcy? Oh, um, of course. Of course. The only then, thing
0: that would make it better is if Domenico is on horse.
1: But, you know, we are getting to Domenico, but we go back to the congregation, right?
0: We do. And so there's developments at the congregation. Like, obviously, Baldwin talked to Marcus, and Marcus was like, hey, let me give you the background on what's going on. And my guess is that included information on the Book of Life, right? So they finally, like, they come together, the congregation, and they accuse Peter Knox of withholding information. So they're like, hey, the information you gave us was Matthew has abducted a witch. What you didn't say was that she was able to conjure the book of life, and that she might be a little bit more important than just some random witch, right? So they're like, you skirted some some facts with us. Like, clearly you were trying to grab the book for yourself, which I think is obvious." Um, and so then they're all kind of like, we're just going to bring Matthew and Diana into the congregation for questioning and we'll, we'll get this sorted out. But now there's even more interest because now they have a better picture of what is happening. And so back to France, Diana tells Matthew that she wants to go back to Madison and to be with her aunts and that the covenant Madison will protect her. And I think part of that comes not from the fact that she doesn't want to be at Versailles, but the fact that like she's starting to realize that right now, the only plan Matthew has is to hide. And she's like, I can't hide from Knox forever, right? Like I can't just like not face whatever is happening. And Matthew says, I understand where you're coming from, but I did some research on your parents' death. Um, he had been like doing some research on the pictures of their deaths, and he lets her know that their deaths were 100% staged. And some of the facts that he uses are like there was like a... like a chalk circle around um around his parents that like you could barely see but he was able to kind of do some digging and see it and that like that would imply that they were killed by witches not by humans um and that would be extremely rare and controversial for a creature to kill one of its own right um so
1: When someone's trying to do something like maybe crossing the species, when that's illegal,
0: you know who knows
1: what people will go to.
0: Right, and I think like if anything, we know that Knox has very unfortunate feelings towards Diana's dad. So like we speculated in episodes prior, I'm not particularly sure Diana's dad was. A witch or a hundred percent witch? Like I don't know. The viewers don't know, but I think there's something percolating there, right? <clears throat> and then we transition to Satu, and she's having this conversation with Knox, and I think she feels bamboozled. I've always wanted to say that word
1: bamboozled
0: in, in a straight sentence and it doesn't feel natural it just makes me sound so stupid it's such a it's such a strange word bamboozled but i think satu feels bamboozled because she realizes that Knox lied so she's done some of her own research and figured out that Knox actually tested diana for witch powers when she was a child and somehow missed her powers right <clears throat> Knox, like any white dude with a little dick reacts hurting her he's like
1: oh you went there
0: i did i can't stand him sorry
1: (laughs) i thought you were in love with him in like the first episode
0: i just felt like i had seen him in other shows as like a sympathetic character and like now i'm like this guy this guy well
1: marcy like with shows that we might be covering in the future you just can't trust him
0: you can't trust him um so he's pissed off. he's like don't question me um, he's like, I brought you here to be an ally, not to look shit up on me. And then he's got this like rock in his hand, and then he threatens to crush her with weights like they crushed the witches of Salem. Um, and as he's choking her, he just kind of says, We can only protect ourselves against humans and other creatures if we work together. Takes the weights off her chest and is like, All right, we good? And I'm like, No one's gonna be good with you over that. Like, my God. But then I'm like, <clears throat> I think, okay, this is a prediction. I think at some point SATU is going to come over to the light side. I get the feeling that she's figuring out that the congregation is bullshit and that Diana there's reasons for Diana being hidden and having secrets. Um I don't know, but that's just a, a little like it's just it's gnawing at me that SATU is more important than I think I understand. You'll have,
1: <coughs> you have
0: to find out. I know, I know.
1: Um so basically, um, and also, I would just like to say, like, sought too, and this isn't a spoiler. Like in the books, she's written a very certain way. The show has done a really beautiful way of kind of giving her more character arc. So um, she's, you know, she's becoming someone that might not be as accurately described in the book. It's kind of like you know one of the privileges, but of you know from page to screen, and I'm I kind of like it. I'm really. I like the character to say the least.
0: I do too. I think that's why I feel like we're going to see other sides of her and that her plot may, may take some turns.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we are back to Agatha, remember of the congregation Mm -hmm. and she's been digging into um, Sophie's belief that she must find um, Diana, a A metaphorical Diana, a metaphorical Diana, the statue of the Huntress huntress so you know the statue has the moon in her hair reminds her of a white queen you know she's had visions of her um she's in a castle with seven towers and she is with um her dark king about to transform that's
0: all diana right like we know the castle has seven towers um the fact that she's with a dark king i'm like everything's happened like this is clearly her diana
1: yeah clearly and you know but agatha warns her not to talk to anyone about her or like her inklings because there's something afoot here we kind of find out we find out more about it later on obviously in like the second and last episode but you know more to come on this story that's developing and it is pretty significant so we just have to remember that um right. So, uh, like all things that you do in a castle, um, Diana is in a bathtub processing her parents' murder.
0: <laughs> I love emotional bathtub scenes. Like, I do too. I'm always like, I have a bathtub and I never do that, nor do I ever look that good having a breakdown in my bathtub.
1: Uh, yeah, I. it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't either, I don't really take baths. My apartment doesn't have a really good bathtub. Oh, Your God. old apartment in West Hollywood had an amazing bathtub.
0: Oh, the bar the Malibu Dreamhouse. Yes. Malibu I had Dream. one of those bathtubs with the like funky legs, like the little feet. Um, but I'll tell you, anytime I, I went into the bathtub mid-crisis, like I just didn't look like and I would have like my mascara running, like snot going down my nose, like the water gets cold really quick. Like it's just never what I want it to be.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, not all of us can be Diana,
0: the youngest tenured professor
1: at Yale University, <laughs> and soon there to be up. Oxford, and maybe I mean King's College somewhere. Who knows? Why not? Um, why not? Um, so we go then to Matthew's mother is also kind of looking at old photographs, and she's confused by the information that witches killed them. And so we're kind of going through multiple scenes here, but vampires in the congregation, including Matthew's brother, who's the leader, um, fear that they're losing their primacy in the congregation and their overall rule, which has been like, apparently we find out for like eight centuries. Um, And, you know, that's something, you know, talking about when you look at the Knox angle and storyline about why maybe he's trying to take down Matthew, because Matthew's brother is the leader of the congregation of of the various seats of power that are there. And he no longer wants, you know, to be subservient to vampires. So... Who knows? Um, However, Diana is out of her email bath, and she runs into Matthew's mother. Um, And she threatens her when she comes into his office, and Diana really starts asking some difficult questions, but as watchers or readers or as you listeners will soon find out, we really start to discover a lot of stuff about Matthew, because Matthew hasn't really talked about himself like this. Um, So Diana really wants to know, how did Matthew die? Um, And this is really offensive to her, and she sits there and says something like, I am a witch willing to make up my own mind about you despite stories I have heard about you. Meaning like, I'm here, I'm opening my arms, I care about your son, and I want to know more. I'm not scared of him, I'm not scared of you. I'm the youngest tenured professor at Yale University. I can talk about, you know, things in a certain way um, that, you know, I can become empowered by them. Right. And so um, they're at a sort of a stalemate, basically. Um, And so what they're trying to understand is that, you know, whoever did it, um, make them pay, says Matthew's mom. And she's obviously connecting um, with the witches she killed in South America. Are these the Nazi witches? Um, We'll get more there later. If you've watched some films like X-Men or even to study history, Nazis had to go somewhere. And apparently that was South America.
0: To kill Philippe. (laughs)
1: To kill Philippe. Um, we'll talk more about Philippe in later episodes, but yeah, there's a backstory there.
0: Right. And so then we transition to like what I'm calling family dinner time. And so Nanny, mom, Matthew, Diana are having a bougie little dinner in one of their many, many uh dining rooms. And they joke around about how wine doesn't affect vampires as much as it does warm bloods. And there's like a very cute dance sequence, like Matthew dances with his mom and Diana dances with Matthew and everyone's kind of bonding and I was like I was like very much into this moment until suddenly Diana starts to glow and I was like oh god no we're in twilight
1: (laughs) well she's not in sunlight so they sparkle
0: she's well she technically sparkles from the joy in that moment and I was like "Mm -mm, no no yeah, but I will say I do love a scene that kind of humanizes the interactions between the characters, and like I love a good dance scene in a movie. So, John, what's your favorite dance scene in a movie?
1: A- anything by in Save the Last Dance.
0: Oh, that is such a good movie.
1: That's such a good movie. I love it. Like when she um is auditioning at the end, like that's a kick-ass scene.
0: That is a good um, scene.
1: And then, like the original step up, like all the other step ups suck, but like the original step up was pretty good with Channing. <laughs> That's Tatum.
0: the one with Chennatum, right?
1: Chennatum, yeah.
0: I don't even know his name. Uh-
1: <laughs> Channing Tatum,
0: like that guy, uh, Magic Mike himself, who I was a
1: stripper in Florida.
0: In Florida, I know. You know, we do eventually produce some great shit.
1: I mean, let's not go too crazy here. <laughs>
0: So I will tell you that my favorite dance scene in any movie ever is Oscar Isaac in Ex Machina. I think it is one of the most unexpected dance scenes ever in a film. Uh, it's a completely serious film. And then a bananas dance scene takes you out of the movie for a second. And I I have I will always say that as my favorite moment. So. But anyway, going back to, we really do need to do an episode on Ex Machina since I know you and I. Have strong feelings with that movie. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but we go back and we can tell that Matthew's mom's warming up to Diana. Like I said, she's got her twilight glow on, and Matthew's like, oh, like it's so great to see you enjoying your magic. And they go outside and they're taking a walk and they kiss under the stars. And I'm like, oh, look, you can kiss her without hurting her. Hashtag end the toxic masculinity, like they're doing great, right?
1: <clears throat> they're doing great. You're doing great, sweetie. You're
0: doing great, my love. And so then we pan out to Jillian. Fuck her. <laughs> Jillian's having a coven meeting at her massive brownstone. And which,
1: a shout out to one of our Twitter followers who we completely agree with. We have no idea how she affords that.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean, like, legit, that house looks like a politician's house somewhere on Downing Street. And it's like, she's like, I mean, she's not even like a tenure track professor, <laughs> which makes like $40,000 a year. So she's probably making like 27000 if she's just adjuncting. So it's a lie. Jillian's whole life is a lie. Um, but she's holding this coven meeting at this bougie mansion that either her sugar daddy's paying for or she conjured into being. And <clears throat> they let her know that Diana actually ran away with Matthew. And she's shocked. But I will say she seems worried for her. And I'm starting to think more and more, John, that you're right. Like, Jillian isn't even mean spirited. She's just dumb. She's dumb and she's jealous of her friend and she kind of wants a bigger narrative for herself than what she's got. So, um, Knox has ordered her to find out what Matthew was doing at Oxford. Like, what was he studying? What was he looking at? Like, what was going on? Um, So, I think that's interesting because then I'm like, wait. So no one was paying attention to, like, I guess, like, in my head, I'm like, when vampires show up somewhere, since they're eternal, like, what do you do with an eternity of life? Do you research your whole life? Like, no one was confused why he showed up at Oxford until Diana showed up. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, I know he said he moves around from, like, place to place so that no one figures out that he's not aging, but Jillian's there to find out what he was doing at Oxford. Um, Definitely,
1: because Jillian's that friend that you don't really want.
0: That is a really good way to put it.
1: (laughs) She's the worst.
0: She's the friend who tells you that she doesn't like your boyfriend because he, like, did something in like 1992, and you're like, Jillian, no one cares. (laughs)
1: Like Jillian, stop stalking my boyfriend.
0: And how did you pay for your apartment?
1: Also, get a new wig.
0: (laughs) That wig is atrocious.
1: Atrocious. Because the so actress is beautiful. The actress is beautiful. I mean, I didn't like no shade in the I
0: did like, not recognize yeah, actress, her on IMDb. Exactly. I was like, I'm sorry, what? The only wig I can think of that's worse is Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born.
1: Oh, you went there.
0: I mean, if we're talking about bad redheads, that's like the worst thing I've seen all, all You year. mean Allie? Oh my god, I I couldn't, I couldn't. I have so much shade Ooh. to throw, but I'm too Ooh. sick to do it.
1: So, um, lo and behold, Marcy's favorite character all of a sudden appears, and it's Domenico.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, um, Domenico appears, and they haven't seen each other since fighting for Venice and the Knights Templar. So, def go way, way back.
0: So, I think Domenico was fighting for the, like, Lords of Venice, and Matthew was part of the Knights Templar. And I'm like, of course he was. We've seen tons of religious affiliation with Matthew in the last four episodes. So, like, of course he was part of the Vatican, which I'm like, vomit, but okay.
1: And, and listeners, that's because Marcy has serious feelings about the Catholic Church, of which I share.
0: I have trauma. I <laughs> have trauma.
1: Go back and listen to season one of our podcast, Covering the Purge. You'll hear all about it. All about it all about it so he is there to ask diana to come to the congregation um and basically this is where everyone has their dick off and they're like everyone bears their fangs and they're saying you're breaking the covenant and diana realizes there are things she clearly doesn't know dad diana you may be the youngest tenured professor at yale university but you don't know some things so right Di- Matthew has Diana taken away and he basically then breaks Marcy's husband Domenico's leg
0: I was so upset I was like oh no but then I was like but not his face and then when he didn't touch his face I was like we're all right, it's right now. yeah uh,
1: and you know Domenico says like you know we will hunt you down and and even declare Clermont can die so really throwing some major shade being like hey your daddy died like don't think we can't do it too Right. Um, so but Matthew's mother is impressed so the book of life why didn't you say also like lead with the main story Matthew like hey she can summon you know Ashmo like 36,474 um, but you know she basically tells him to give her over and they won't kill her if you do and so they will if you don't meaning like Diana is the central figure in the story and something is going to happen to her, whether they try to prevent it or not. And I think she's more worried about something happening to Matthew too.
0: Right. Agreed. Agreed. So Diana
1: asks Marta what the covenant is. So she's really like, Hey Marta, Hey girl, like, could you like help me like break down, like what's going on in my life? And um, basically um, Marta tells her that, you know, it really forbids interspecies relationships. So, you know, Marcy's probably going to have a Queenie moment. So that's our fifth Harry Potter reference.
0: I am about to have a Queenie moment. Um, (laughs) So I think this is important. So we, we've talked about like my reaction in Harry Potter. um, Oh my God, it's not even Harry Potter. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Crimes of Grindelwald, um, to the damage that was done to what I thought was a very strong character through her trauma processing the fact that humans and witches could not interact right so I'm happy to see it coming up in a different fantasy narrative but again one rest in peace Queenie I can't believe they did that to you but two like I just I'm I have a ton of like biology questions about this and like I have a I just always have questions about this, like, creature relationships. I've had these questions since Star Wars where nothing makes sense.
1: Yeah, nothing makes sense.
0: Nothing makes sense. But, like, I do like the idea of the fact that, like, everyone's pansexual, right? So, like, why are we trying to rain on everyone's pansexual parade?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Let the pansexuals have their parade.
0: What is better than being pansexual? You like what you like.
1: Yeah, get it, girl get it um so basically the congregation marta tells her is you know it's really meant to protect the balances of power and when creatures break it shit happens so um however it has never been broken before according to her so So
0: i think she's wrong there
1: probably i
0: think that something was broken by diana's parents right um marta doesn't know everything white butler doesn't know everything i well, don't know white anything. butler
1: thinks he knows everything
0: right right um but i will say like matthew runs into this conversation saying kind of like i think he just has that realization that diana's life really is in danger i think seeing dominico um and clearly dominico is a decent opponent um even though he broke his leg like it was no big but um but matthew kind of just says like we're not gonna break the covenant like we need to stop this he's not sending her to madison he's like you're gonna stay here but like we're not gonna break the covenant like this is and his mom is just so clear that like if they go like one more step right like it's they're both both their lives are in danger and they don't have to be yeah and so Um,
1: matthew tells her you know that you know basically you know they're not going to do anything and that she needs to leave him. Diana needs to leave him and this is kind of like where they have this breakdown. Are you giving in? You know, you can't give in to this stuff and you know he plays it real cool cuz he's Matthew good. Um but she loses it and she really wants to know why he's being like Well
0: this, this takes me back to the last episode. And we actually closed the last episode with a very sim- similar conversation that we're about to have, which is I love this narrative and you actually hit the nail on the head earlier which is diana doesn't listen to anyone but herself right and not in a bad way right and i think like but even the fact that i'm saying that is a gendered bias of like women don't listen whereas men don't need to listen like i love the fact that she like she knows what she wants right she wants him and she she's not gonna play it cool she's not gonna she's not even gonna play it resentful hurt she's like stop it don't be like this. Like, don't do this. Like, you don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And like Matthew gets that stupid call that he needs to like run back to the lab. Right. And so he like goes out the door and Matthew's in middle of this fight, which is a little wonky. And Matthew's mom is like, let him go. And Diana's like, I'm not letting him go. Like, I'm not doing this. Like I, I know what I want. So she runs after him. Right. Right. And she had already interrupted them because they were like, where should she stay? Blah, 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 She's like, hey, I'm right here. Stop talking about me. We're not going to do this. We're not going to separate. Like, we're not doing this. Leaving me isn't the answer. Um, and when she looks at him in the face, when she looks at Matthew in the face, she's like, tell me how you feel. Like, forget the covenant. Forget all the rules. Forget society. Forget everything around us that says we should not be together. Right? And she's like, look me in the face and tell me what you feel. Right, And I think that is such a brave moment that anyone, non-witches and and wizards and creatures included, all of us can relate to that moment, right? Of like when we've been in a relationship that the entire world is up against, right? And like, we either do what Diana did, which is so rare because it's so hard to be that vulnerable and brave at the same time, or we do take the bait and back off, right? And like, for me, like, I think this is such a great moment for a woman for a female character to be like, stop bitching out of this. Like, stop it, stop it. We can both be brave. We can both face this. Like, I don't need your saving. I don't need to be saved in this moment. Right. And like when he leaves, she runs after him. She's straight up running behind that car. And like the second she realizes he's not stopping, there's like this moment of intense grief that causes the entire world to rain around her. And I'm going to guess this is witch rain, similar to witch wind. Yeah. Right? And this this type of power hasn't been seen in a long time. And then, John, I don't know about you, but, like, for me, this was also symbolic of, like, she is not afraid to, in that moment, feel her feelings, right? Like, this is a woman who who is so open to herself and how she feels that the entire world cries with her in that moment. And I was like, "Boom! That is amazing."
1: And Matthew's mother really does notice this because they're like, "What is going on?" And the episode ends with basically Matthew's mother saying, "She's doing this." Like, Diana, it's an
0: acknowledgement of like the depth of her power and also her strength, right? Her
1: and um, her vulnerability.
0: Her vulnerability and like, I I just I really loved it. Like very similar to the end of the last episode of episode three, I was just like, this is the type of woman that I long to be. I haven't been in a lot of moments in my life, but that I long to be. And it doesn't have to do with being a witch or a wizard or a vampire. It has to do with the fact that we look for heroes who, who take very courageous human like steps, right? This isn't her creating some magical thing. This is, this is her just saying, I know what I want.
1: We also we look for heroes, and we also understand. Then I think that the hero is us,
0: right? Right. We should all be able to see ourselves in this moment as Diana, and I think that's really great.
1: And her vulnerability is the most beautiful part about yeah. her because she doesn't know what she's doing, but she still does it anyway.
0: Right. 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 I she takes
1: the leap of faith when she doesn't have
0: to. Right. She could just I, I mean like and it's very easy, I think, to think in that moment that like it makes sense to take a step back. Like she barely knows this dude, like her life is in danger. But she's just she's going with her gut. Um and she's also like she's determined to play it her way, not just play it safe. So
1: And you know, like with all good things in Marcy, you're saying that you love the show?
0: I do. <laughs> I really And that's do. the end of
1: episode four.
0: <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening today, for putting up with my coughing and, like, my really deep voice.
1: I find it sexy.
0: John, don't flirt with me. I'm a married woman.
1: Parlez-vous français?
0: <laughs> Merde. <laughs> so we will see you guys all next week um, for episode five. Super. We have excited. four
1: episodes to go.
0: That is so crazy which means we're inching closer and closer to announcing what our season three is, which is also- I
1: don't know. Something's coming.
0: Something's coming.
1: Something's coming,
0: friends. We'll see. Maybe the, the witch wind will bring it in.
1: <laughs> so, um, very exciting. I love that you love the show. I love that people love the show. And I just want to say the show- this is like that turning point. Like it just goes a thousand miles per hour from here until episode eight. So it's so exciting to see where the show is going. And I'm, I'm really excited that it also got renewed because there's so much story to for tell
0: for two here. and three. So we're guaranteed that we're like, we're on this ride until the end, which is great too.
1: We're going to do a lot of vamp kikiing.
0: Hey, all right, everyone, we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. As always, interact with us on Twitter, on Facebook. Send us the stuff you want to talk about. Send us your weird stories. Uh, we'd love hearing from you, and we'll we'll see you next week.
1: Toodles.